what's up y'all welcome back to redeemed and saying so this is the first episode of 2021 and let me tell you i am so excited i have not recorded in about two months i think the last time i posted was in december of 2020 and honestly i just had to take time to really pray and plan and just be sure that I'm aligned with what it is that God wants me to do in this season. While this is something that I'm passionate about, I truly, truly want to be sure that no matter what, I'm in alignment with God's will and his purpose. But nevertheless, we are back. We are back in action. I am so, so excited. Today is honestly it's gonna be it's gonna be like a gumbo episode because I don't know exactly what I'm gonna talk about I really just planned on letting the Holy Spirit move because I wanted to talk about one topic I can never just settle in my spirit with one topic that I wanted to talk about but I'm gonna just let the spirit have his way okay have your way okay that's my that's our prayer today that's what we're gonna do tonight all right but before I get into that I do want to say that I want to do a Q&A episode either for the next this next coming episode or the one following that. Um, I really want to just hear what you guys are interested in. Ask, you can ask me anything about myself, any questions about scripture, any topics you want to hear me talk about, um, in current events, old news, whatever it is. Uh, I'm open to anything. You can DM me on Instagram. You can message me on Facebook. If you know me personally, you can message me. And everything will be kept anonymous regardless of if you choose to disclose your name or not. Everything's going to be anonymous. I'm just going to answer the questions. And we're just going to go with that. And I'm really excited for that. I think that'll be fun. It'll allow you guys to get to know me. Um, it'll help me learn if you guys ask me about scripture it'll help me pray more we're just gonna get deeper and deeper and deeper and I'm so excited but for today we can go ahead and start with prayer I just want to go to God in prayer right now and we'll just flow from there so wherever you are if you're driving I guess don't close your eyes but yeah (laughs) if you can bow your head close your eyes just really make room for God. That's honestly the heart of my prayer is to make room for God. So Father God, I just come saying thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for being love, God. Thank you for being peace. Thank you for being joy. Thank you for being patience. Thank you for being everything that we search for in this life, God. We can look to you and find the answer, God. God, I thank you for everything that you have gifted us with. Whether it be grace, whether it be mercy, whatever it is, God, you did it out of love. And we say thank you for that. Thank you, God, for loving us more than we could love ourselves. Thank you, God, for giving us grace when we didn't deserve it. Thank you, God, for giving us mercy when we didn't deserve it. Thank you for showing us love when we didn't know how to love ourselves, God. You loved us before we even knew to love ourselves. 
You loved us more than we could ever love you, more than we could ever try to love you, God. You love us more than that. And for that alone, we say thank you, God. We say thank you, God. Father God, I just ask that whatever it is in our hearts, that we remove it right now, that we make space for you. Even the things that we don't even know, that we don't even recognize, aren't that aren't allowing us to make room in our hearts for you, God. I ask that you reveal it to us, God, that you separate us from it, that you give us the strength to walk away and say no, to walk away and say, I choose you, God. I choose you over whatever it is that I want to keep in my life because I know that having you in my life is worth more than whatever I could think or imagine. God, there are so many times when we have asked you to bless something that is just taking us away from you. There are times when we've asked you to mend relationships that we know we're not supposed to be in. There are times when we've asked you to bless us with houses that you didn't tell us to move into. There's times when you've, when we've asked for promotions on jobs that we weren't even supposed to apply to. There are times when you've, when you've told us not to go somewhere, yet we went anyways and we were disobedient to you and we continue to ask for you to bless something that you didn't ordain in the first place, God. So we just repent for whatever it is that we went against you for, whatever it is that we put above you, God, whatever it is that we are choosing to idolize and say that we need it in our life more than we need you, God. We repent right now and we just ask that you make it known to us, that you reveal whatever it is that we are unknowingly idolizing in our life, God. Whatever it is, God, whatever it is, give us the strength to separate ourselves from that. You have called us to be holy, God, to be set apart. To be, we, can't, we can't hold on to the things of this world. We can't hold on to the things of this world and live holy lives. We can't do it, God. We need your spirit, God. We just, I ask that we make room, God. Make room for you, God. God, there is some of us who have been operating in disobedience. You have told us what we shouldn't do. And yet we continue to ask you to bless us. We continue to ask for your grace and your mercy. But your word says, should we continue to sin so that grace may abound? Help us, God. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our heart. So many times we like to dedicate services, we like to dedicate performances, we like to dedicate musicals, rehearsals, whatever it is, we say, God, we dedicate this to you, but we don't dedicate that space in our hearts before we try to put on a show for other people. These people that we're supposed to be drawing to you, we can't even draw you to ourselves, God, because we're so far separated from you from all the sin that we've allowed to live in our hearts. So, Father God, I just ask right now that the spirit of disobedience is broken off whoever, whoever needs to hear this, God, that they repent and they turn from their ways, God, that they turn from their ways, a complete, take away the desire for whatever it is in them that they are putting before you, God, take away the very desire for it. Holy Spirit, put a fire so deep in them that nothing in this world could compare to what it is that the life that you have to offer them. 
help us live lives that we are supposed to be ambassadors, God. We are supposed to be carrying out your gospel. And we can't even carry out conversations with people that we're supposed to be drawing to you. We are supposed to be, we are supposed to be examples of you, God. How many people did Jesus come in contact with that didn't leave changed? How is it that we're saying that we're on fire for you, but everyone we come encounter with leaves the same? God, give us the courage to bring you back into the places where we spend not the 10% of our lives. God, we don't just need you in our homes, God. We need you where we spend 90% of our day at work, at the grocery store, at school, at the gas station. God, we need you in every aspect. We don't just need you when we wake up in the morning. We don't just need you when we go to sleep, God. We need you in the 90%, God. Help us seek you daily, throughout the day. There's not a minute that we don't need you, God. So God, I just ask that whoever is listening takes this moment to truly examine themselves. Examine themselves and see, am I a holy, living sacrifice? What is in my heart that is not allowing me to be living? The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin are death. So that means if I'm living in sin, if I'm not living according to God's will for me, if I'm not living to how his word says I should live, then I'm living in sin. And if I'm living in sin, then I'm living in separation from God. And if I'm living in separation from God, then I'm not, a, there's no way that his spirit can dwell in me. His spirit cannot dwell in an unclean place. And God is not a God that will force himself on us. God is gentle. God will be patient with us. But we need his spirit to even have peace in this world that we live in. We need his spirit, but his spirit cannot live in an unclean place. So God, I just ask that you revive us, God. Whatever it is in our hearts that's not allowing us to be a living sacrifice for you, God. Take it out, God. I thank you for the grace. I thank you for your son that died so that we can be made new. It's not just your grace and mercies that renew each morning, but it, it's the blood of Jesus that allows us to be made new creatures. The old things have passed away, God. Remember not the former things. Help us not even, if God, if you can forgive us for our sins, then help us forget our sins. Something that the enemy wants us to do is live in condemnation. He wants us to sit and think, oh, I did this, I did this yesterday. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If God forgave you, you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself. It is a new, it is time to start living as if you're a child of God. 
the, as a child of God, you have a right to peace. You have a right to joy. You have a right to rest. It is your right as a child, as a citizen of the kingdom of God. It is your right, and the enemy has no place or territory to take that from you. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you are a child of God, if you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and there is absolutely nothing that the enemy can do to take that from you, your soul's salvation is sealed and you have a right to inherit everything that the kingdom of God has in store for you. It is time to start living as if you are a child of God. It is time to start living as if you are a child of God, as, as if Jesus didn't die for your sins. It is time. Don't let, we like, we like to preach about the gospel so much. We like to preach about Jesus went to the cross and hung, bled and died. In three days he rose again. Praise God. We thank you for it. But when are you going to start letting his death not be in vain? If you do not live in the authority of a child of God, you're letting his death go in vain. We have got to learn to let go of the former things. We, If God lets them go, then we have to also. If you have repented, if you have turned from your ways, if you are living a life holy and set apart, do not live a sin-conscious mind. That is not what Jesus died for. You have, the enemy cannot take that from you. It's not his. There's no reason that you don't live with joy in your heart. Despite what it looks like around you, you have a right to peace of mind. You have a right to joy as a child of God. Satan, the Lord rebuke thee. It is time to start living as if Jesus' death was not in vain. There's no reason that people of this world think that they can have territory over a child of God. All of the fear, all of the anxiety, all of the, all of the doubt, all of the low self-esteem, that's not qualities of a child of God. You've got to learn to let that go and lay it at his feet. There is nothing you can do that will make God turn away from you. There's nothing that you can do that God will say, oh, no, I can't handle this one. She's too much. He's too much. There's nothing you can do that his grace can't cover. There's nothing that you can do that his love can't pick up. There's nothing that you can do that Jesus' blood can't redeem. There's nothing you can do. So learn to lay it at his feet. You have to stop playing God in your life. You have to let God be God because God is not too big that he can't see every little detail of your life as if he did not plan it before you were even born. You have to take everything to God. You have to take everything to him. There's nothing he can't do. God doesn't look at you and say, oh, she's got, if you can't handle it, he knows that. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. You have to lay everything to him. Stop trying to play God over your life. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not part of it. Don't lean on your own understanding of who God is. Lean on the understanding of what the word says he is. 
If you believe that God is who he says he is, then act like it. If you believe that God is your provider, let him be your provider. Let him be the way maker. Stop trying to make your own way. God, I pray for those who are looking for you, those who are longing for you, those who are trying to live according to your will and your purpose. I pray that you send them people that will help them, that will push them in the direction that you have for them. I pray that you send them people who have discernment, God, who have godly wisdom. I pray that you send them wise counsel, God, that are able to instruct them and guide them. We know that this life is not easy, but we also know that we fight not against flesh and blood. Help us see that this life is beyond our physical sight. Help us see that the kingdom of God is at hand and that you have entrusted us to carry out the gospel, to be a light in this world. As much as we want to know the love that you have, we should want other people to know that. Help us be the image bearers that you have created us to be. There's no reason that we should look in the mirror and not see you. Someone should be able to look at us and say, that's a child of God. Help us, God. Help us be intentional in the little things. Help us be disciplined in the little things. Help us be faithful in the little things. Help us be patient in the little things. Help us be loving in the little things. Help us be slow to anger in the little things. And God, I just ask that in our hearts and our minds are open to receiving whatever it is that you have. Whatever it is that you have. And that we're not slow to act on it, God. If you tell us to go, we'll go. If you tell us to stop, we stop. And we don't question it, God. Help us not procrastinate. Give us a true desire for you. And Holy Spirit, help us have the peace with knowing that whatever your will is, whatever your plan is, God, it's greater than whatever plan we could ever try to come up with ourselves. Because our best plan, God, would have us dead two years ago. Our best plan would have us in a relationship with somebody who could care less about us. Our best plan would have us hooked on drugs that is trying to cope with the feeling that only you can feel. Our best plan would have us going to relationship, to relationship, to relationship, to friendship, to circle, to circle, not knowing who our true identity is, trying to figure out what it is we're missing. We can't find our identity unless it's in you, God. So I thank you for the things that you have taken us out of, for the situations you've taken us out of, for the people that you have caused to leave our life, for the people that you have brought us into our life, whether we know the reason or not, God. I say thank you. Thank you for making all things work. You are intentional. You are, there's no way you could make a mistake. And even if you did, it would still be the best thing to happen to us. 
So thank you, God. We say thank you because we know you've answered. Even the things that I haven't asked for, God, I thank you for knowing every tear that was cried. You've still answered every prayer that we couldn't even open our mouth to speak. Because that's how good of a God you are. So we say thank you, God. And we say have your way in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes, in our relationships, in our job, in our phone calls, in our text messages, in our trips to the grocery store, in our car rides, in our conversations with people, whatever it is, God, have your way. We decrease in every moment so that you may increase, so that your name be glorified. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Something that was on my spirit was a question that I was asked a couple of a couple of weeks ago. I had a friend ask me, she said, How did you get such a strong relationship? How did you get a good relationship um with God? I can't remember exactly how she worded it, but she basically asked, How did I have a relationship with God? How did I come to know that relationship? How did I how did it grow into what it is today? And honestly, it takes humbling yourself. It takes either either God will humble you to a point where you you don't have a choice but to choose him. And even that people have to recognize that that's still out of love. Um, Even God humbling us, it might not feel good. You know, it's better to humble yourself than to be humbled by God, but know that it's still out of love. But I guess I was kind of both. I was at a point where the Lord humbled me, but I, I was able to acknowledge it and say, okay, God, I won't fight you anymore. I won't try to play God in my life. Um, I won't try, I was, I was only giving God pieces of my heart and then I was still trying to control the rest. That was something with, that I guess I struggled with was more of trust issues. I guess that's a better way to, um, to label it from being in relationships, not just romantic relationships, but friendships where I thought I could be vulnerable with people and be honest with how I was feeling and I still ended up getting thrown under the bus. I had my feelings tossed in my face. I was, my information that I thought would be kept between us ended up being displayed in front of everybody. And at the time, I'm the kind of person that'll just shrug it off and just be like, all right, it is what it is, but not realizing that it was something that was hurting me. And so that created a lot of trust issues with opening up and being vulnerable and not knowing how to express myself um, and really shrugging off a lot of things where I think some things it's good to look past. Some things it's just say okay and keep it pushing, charge it to the kingdom, it is what it is. But some things you do have to acknowledge. Some things you truly have to take to God. I mean, even the little things. Everyone is different, but it's that 
saying that, okay, God, I can't do this by myself. I I need you and I will lay everything at your feet and leave it there. That was something I had a problem with. I take it to God and pick it back up. Like, all right, God, it's like a sleepover. Like, all right, I'm packing my bags and I'm going to go back. But no, like, leave it with him. Leave it there. It also took me separating myself from the groups I was with. And that was also really hard for me because I'm such a social person. And I'm always like, oh, I don't, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want them to think that I'm judging them. And that I look at them some type of way. But it was really just, if I don't get out of some of these friendships, some of these relationships, it, it could cost me. You know, it could cost me. And God has sent me. Let me tell you, if it weren't for Pastor Josh, Pastor Macy, Deja Marissa, Faithful Church, I love y'all. If it wasn't for Faithful Church, I don't know where I'd be. Because God truly placed you guys if for nobody else, it was for me, okay? If for nobody else, it was for me. Um, I You have to have a community of people, a community of like-minded people. As strong as you may be, if you're not around people who are pushing you, if you're not constantly around people who are cultivating you, who are feeding you the word, who are encouraging you in Christ, then you'll either end up falling back into your old ways or being stagnant that's like you're someone who's trying to bulk up and trying to get big and muscular and fit and healthy and strong but you're feeding yourself french fries and chicken nuggets and big macs and milkshakes it's just it's not gonna work but from there it was Learning about who God was because you can't truly know yourself. You can't even truly love yourself, let alone anybody else, unless you truly know who God is. So it really took getting into the word, really. And and, and it's one thing to listen to sermons. That's good especially when it's true biblical teaching. But it's one thing to let that word sharpen you. I'm telling you, get into the, start anywhere, and you will see God reveal himself in every single verse, word for word. Word for word. I promise you, when you start to truly seek God, he will meet you where you're at. He truly will. It's a life beyond what compares to what the world would offer you. But I would say, aside from, you know, it takes being humble. It takes seeking God for yourself. It takes changing the community, the environment you're in. But in all that, as God begins to reveal himself and who he is, you start to see who he's called you, who he's created you to be, not who the world cultivated you to be, not who the world saw you to be, but who God said you were, who God says that you are. When my when my friend had asked me this question, it took me back to when I was studying Judges 
and I was looking at Deborah. And after that time, after Joshua had led the tribes of Israel um, into the promised land, he told them to be faithful to their covenant with God by obeying the commands that God had given them. And if they do this, they'll be example to the other nations of what a relationship a relationship with God is like. And God had called Israel to be a holy people, to be a holy nation, but they failed to obey these commandments. And the Israelites were worshiping foreign gods instead of God, the I am that I am, the God who was present in Israel. And the Israelites were supposed to drive out the, Canaan, the Canaanites, that the Israelites were not morally corrupted by the Canaanites' way of worshiping their gods and their sacrifices and their idolatry. But you start to see, you start to see a series of cycles by the Israelites throughout the book of Judges. And you see that um, they started to become like the Canaanites, the people that they were supposed to drive out of the land. You see that they sin, that God allows them to, to be oppressed by the Canaanites. Then the Israelites, they repent. And then God sends a judge and the Israelites fell into a cycle of sin again. And one of the judges who facilitated the deliverance of the Israelites was Deborah. When I look at that story, God revealed to me identity. And your identity is not necessarily what you see yourself as, but what God sees us as. What God calls us because he's the creator. Despite what we do on this earth, he is the creator. And when you look at Deborah, she didn't find her identity in the things that the people around her were worshiping. Because God used her to help deliver the Israelites out of um, the oppression of the Canaanites. So when you look at that and you look at Deborah, when you know your identity, you're not afraid of being set apart. Because you don't live in fear because you know who you serve. You know that God is on your side. You know that God created you. You know whose you are. So when you walk in your identity in Christ and you're obedient to who God has called you to be, that is also attached to someone else's deliverance. That is why we say all things work together. All things. We say that when something bad happens, but it's our obedience to what God has called us to do, to the identity of Christ that is attached to someone else's deliverance. And you see that in Deborah. When you look at Deborah, when you look at her name, it means it means bee, like a like a little buzz, like a little bee, like a little honey bee. And normal bees in nature, you know, they're they're tiny. They're about the size of your fingernail. Like they're they're small. They're about two millimeters long. But they live in colonies, in groups called hives. And there's one queen bee, and there's thousands of worker bees, of female worker bees, and hundreds of male, they call them drone bees. Um, but they live in huge colonies together in a community. And the importance, I said, okay, if this is her name, how does this relate to bees in the ecosystem? And bees in the ecosystem, by pollinating trees and bushes and plants, the bees are important for the food production of all other animals and birds in the forest ecosystem that are dependent on food and berries and seeds and nuts and fruits 
So basically, the bees are what carry out the pollination for other plants to grow, to produce. If it weren't for the bees carrying out what their calling is, what their assignment is, the rest of the ecosystem would halfway fall apart. And if you look at Romans 12, 4 and 8, for just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we through many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. We have different assignments. We have different things, but we are called according to grace that God has given us to carry out these assignments, to live a fruitful life, to live a life in Christ, to live a life not in condemnation. So when you look back, you see Deborah, she's over these group of people who would be the bees, the worker bees, but Deborah's over the Israelites. And she receives a word from God and she acted on her assignment. She was intentional with what God gave her. She didn't, she didn't procrastinate. She wasn't fearful. She acted on it. And the Israelites were able to work together and come out of their oppression. One of the things I had mentioned earlier is that you have to really want it for yourself. Like, it's one thing if God humbles you, but if you humble yourself and earnestly seek God for yourself and say, God, I need you, that that creates a whole new type of intimacy between you and God. But now, as we're born into a world of sin, we have to be born again in Christ so we can have that intimacy that God desires, that he sent his son to die for us for. We have the spirit of God in us. When you are born again, that spirit that is in you, that allows us to put on the identity of Christ, to do what you are set apart to do from birth, to have a relationship with God, to tread upon serpents. I'm telling you, as a child of God, you, are, you have to be set apart. And you have to desire God for yourself. Your true identity is nothing that this world can offer you. We don't find, as, as, as Christians, as a child of God, we don't find our identity in things that were created. We find our identity in the Creator, in God Himself. In Genesis 1 and 27, and also in chapter 2, it says that God created mankind in His own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In chapter 2, it says, Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. This is what identifies us. We are no longer just the dust of the earth. We have the spirit of the living God giving us life. And if God's spirit can empower each of those judges to accomplish those acts of deliverance for the Israelites, what more can his Holy Spirit do that resides within us? That is why you cannot grieve the Holy Spirit. You cannot grieve the Holy Spirit. You have to be fed with the word of God. You have to continue to feed yourself with the word of God. That spirit is what empowers you. That spirit is what gives you your identity in Christ. 
When you find that identity in Christ, it eliminates disappointment. It eliminates depression, anxiety, whatever it is. And it gives you access to provision. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When you know who you are in Christ, you eliminate room for your flesh to compare yourself to other people and think that you're not doing enough. Because comparison, it'll make you feel like you're behind in your own race. Comparison will cause you to get ahead of yourself, which will expose you to attacks of the enemy because you are now outside of the will of God. When you stay in your own lane, when you stay in the will of God that he's prepared for you, then you're covered. But when you step out of that, you expose yourself to attacks of the enemy. And then comparison also, it's, it's a reflection. You have a lack of faith in God's intentions. That you say, God, I don't think you did that good enough. I don't think you got that one right. Either you trust God to be God or you don't. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Either you trust God to be God or you don't. Either you trust that he's perfect or you don't. Either you, that he's intentional or you don't. Your identity in Christ qualifies you. It's what qualifies you. Nothing else in this world can give you validation, true validation. It won't last. Your identity in Christ is what qualifies you. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Romans chapter 8, verse 30 says, And those he predestined, he also called those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. That word justified means declare or made righteous in the sight of God. If God says you're enough, then you're enough. Point blank, period. There's no more validation. You need to seek. The one who created the heavens and the earth said you were enough. That's it. That's all it is. And that's all it has to be. That is where, when you know you're a child of God... When that's your identity, that's where your authority comes from. That's where your authority comes from. When you know who you are in Christ, it's not just for you, but it's for the people you're connected to. God is at work. He's con- He, I'm telling you, he is intentional. He loves you. He has a plan for you. And my prayer is, my prayer, you come to know the love of God. It says that perfect love casts out fear. When you know God's love, when you live in the identity of Christ, the enemy can't, he can try to stop you. But you got heaven backing you up. I pray that if you're hearing this and you do not know you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know you don't have the Holy Spirit living within you, you don't have a relationship with God, that you just receive him right now. Repent and say, God, I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. I know that I've lived a life against your will. But God, I ask for forgiveness. I know that your son Jesus died for my sins. I know that he died for my anxiety. I know he died for my shame. I know he died 
for my depression. I know he died for whatever sins I will commit. Not even the sins that I've committed in the past, but the sins that I will commit. I know and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, that you sent him to die for me. And not only did he die, but he rose again and he defeated death, hell, and the grave for me to have eternal life with you in heaven. God, I give you free will into my heart and into my life. God, I trust you and I will follow you as my Lord and Savior. And I pray that if you do know who Jesus is, if he is your Lord and Savior, that you continue to seek him, that you continue to make room for him in your life, that you continue to let God be God and live according to his will and not your own, that you live a life fruitful and a life glorifying to his name. In Jesus' name, amen.